Hey, good morning. This is Saturday morning with George and Phil. 22 minutes to help you become the best version of yourself. Whether you found yourself out of shape, struggling in a dead-end job, or if you're in job transition, we're your hosts, George Murray and Lenny Newman, pinch hitting for Phil while he's out. Uh, <clears throat> we want to help you move from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. We're glad you could join us early this morning on a Saturday. And uh, of course, we encourage questions and we'll try to answer them. Just pop them into the chat and we'll do our best to answer them as we can. Hey, George, how are you this fine Saturday morning? Hey, good morning, Letty. Hey, you know, before we get started, I just want to tell everybody we are streaming live from Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and LinkedIn Live. And if you're watching this on a pre-record from uh, YouTube, just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notifications on our next show that's coming up on May 7th. Good morning. So, George, we're now five chapters into your new book, which uh, is expected out sometime this summer, entitled Ignite, Engage, and Retain. <clears throat> Can you talk about this upcoming book just a little bit? Of course, but first, before we want to, before we do that, I want to thank the folks at Thrivent. Thrivent's been sponsoring us for almost a year now, and they've also been helping people reach financial freedom. The folks at Thrivent, along with Skip Nelson, um, their focus this half of the month is really helping people, you know, take time to review their retirement goals. Um, whether you're doing a written plan and goals, how many people have planning goals for written retirement, um, you'll be shocked at the percentage. So if you want to just take your phone and scroll right over that bottom right hand or my right hand, probably your left hand corner, to set up a free consultation with Skip, you won't be disappointed. But uh, to your point, my new book, um, you know, it's, again, this these last couple of years have really given a lot of people some uh, kind of pause. Am I on the right track? Um, and people are transitioning um, at record paces, leaving their current roles for new opportunities, new businesses, and so forth. And the book is really just to help leaders and businesses do simple things that they can do to reverse that turnstile. So that's kind of the synopsis of the book. I'm really excited about this one. This one's going to be a hard cover, uh, and it's going to be focused for the businesses. So, Well, George, I know you've been hard at work writing away, especially after uh, the successful launch of your first book, Hired. Uh, but uh, back, back to the subject matter at hand here. You know, we're hearing all about this great resignation. And, you know, I can't help but ask the question, you know, where's human resources in, the, in this whole thing? Uh, I'm sure they've had to transform uh, during the pandemic, post-pandemic, social distancing hybrid. Uh, you know, I'm just curious, where do they fit in? What are your thoughts, George? Well, you know what? Let's go to a subject matter expert that knows the topic much better than we do. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Jody O'Neill. Jody O'Neill is a vice president at the Bernard Group. I've known Jody for a number of years, as well as she's been helping me uh, get some insight to my next book. So welcome to the show, Jody. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning, George. Good morning, Lenny. Glad to be here. Good morning, Jody. It's, gr it's great to have you this Saturday morning. Welcome. Am I right, Jody? Did you actually join your current opportunity right in the height of the pandemic? I did. I'm, cur I'm, I'm, cu I'm curious. Talk to me a little bit. You know, what, what's been going on in your world? 
Yeah, I actually did. You are correct. So I joined the Bernard Group as our Vice President of Human Resources on June 1st of 2020. So think about that timing. The world literally shut down in March and all of my interviews were over something like this, right? They were all virtually over Google Meets. The first time that I ever stepped foot on campus at the Bernard Group was on my first day of employment. So I'd not even seen my work environment. And I met many of my peers, the senior leadership team via Google Meets, right? We met mm. virtually. And so um, I started and I was one of the few people actually in the office. We have a manufacturing facility. So of course they're on site, but the majority of our employees I could work remotely did. And that's exactly what I did. And so I'll, I remember kind of those funny, awkward moments. The first time I sat down face to face across a table from some of my peers and some of my coworkers, just because everything was virtual for actually several months. So crazy time to start a new job, crazy time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when you asked about kind of what's going on in my world or kind of what has changed, um, you know, I think during, during the pandemic, HR really had to take a leadership role. And so when you think about kind of the question was, where is human resources? Um, our function was responsible for guiding our business. You know, we had to understand what's going on with COVID, right? What is the latest and greatest medical information? What are the policies that we have to put in place? You know, do we mask? Do we not mask? Do we take people's temperatures? Do we not take people's temperatures? Mm -hmm. Do we have people on site? Do we not have them on site? And so all of those decisions, we had to monitor that. We became a consultant to the business because think about that, the business needs to continue running, right? And the business needs to continue to grow and progress. And so we were there to support the business, to guide our business leaders on what we had to do to keep our employees safe, yet support our business goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. So we really took a critical role. And I think for those organizations that maybe didn't value HR or didn't see HR in that way, I think that this really has caused the function to be elevated because I think people have really understood how important we really are to help the business succeed. So where, when you went into the pandemic, you may have been kind of uh, in, in, the, in the background, you're now front row and center. Absolutely. And I think it depends on the business, right? I think you'll have some business leaders that value HR and some that don't. And I think they recognized how critical the function really is and how they need us. So. Yeah, it was a lot of work. It was crazy times. And then you had this up and down. I mean, the pandemic, you know, here we are now talking about the endemic, right? And then last night I heard on the news, cases are continuing to rise again. So sure. we, we have to continue to navigate that and support our business and their goals and objectives while keeping our employees safe. So Jody, talk a little bit about the trends you're seeing, you know, in the several in the last six months and what kind of challenges do you see, you know, are in the upcoming year, two years or three years? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can definitely, I think three probably come to mind. Um, the first George kind of mentioned already where he talked about the great resignation, right? It's the war for talent. I've also heard the words, the turnover tsunami. Mm. <laughs> it was on the cover of HR magazine. I believe those words, um, but it is incredibly tough to find people. You know, we cannot just post a job and just wait for people to come. Um, we have to be creative in our approach we have to think differently about where we find people and how we find people. Um, so that has been one of our greatest challenges. And this, this should not be a surprise to anybody. We've been talking about this for years and years and years. And I think it just really hit head, obviously, during this last year. Um, 
what's interesting though, one thing that I thought was really kind of interesting is I was sitting in a meeting this past week and there was a gentleman in there that worked for the Bernard Group for many years and he left the organization. And three months later, guess what? He came back. And so I actually read, um, there was an article that I saw, I happened to see it on LinkedIn, and it was an article that said seven out of 10 employees regret making a move, that they regret making a change because the job or the company was not what they expected. And so mm. an organization surveyed 2,500, it was millennials and Gen Zs, and they regretted actually making that move. And so we've actually seen some of that happen. But obviously the challenge though is still, how do you find people? So I would argue that one of the things that we have to do is focus on retention. So that's one. Um, the other one that I can think of is, is really where our employees work, right? Mm -hmm. I think what the pandemic has brought to us is that you don't have to have butts in chairs, <laughs> that people can work and people can perform in their job from wherever they are, right? It doesn't, depending on that position, right? We are seeing employees that are working 100% remote. We see employees that are working in a hybrid environment. And then, of course, we have production employees at the Bernard Group that have to be on site every day. Their job requires that. But I think hey, one Jody? of Yes. You know, what, I just want to change gears a little bit here. You know, with with five generations, I think five generations in the workforce right now, how is HR helping both them as well as leaders kind of get in the right direction and focus, especially with all this that's going on? Yeah, in the last two years? yeah. That's a that's a good question. I think that obviously there is five generations. I think some of that, you know, that traditional generation is starting to exit some of the workplace as well as some of the baby boomers. Um, you know, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of research on that. I've, I've read a lot of books. I, I just think the whole generation piece is really interesting. I think it's really more about education and awareness. And I think part of that is also around some of the flexibility that you offer as well. Right. So I think it's recognizing that, um, you know, some of the, the books and the articles will tell you how do how do different generations like to be managed? How do they like what is the work environment that works for them? Um, what are the benefits that they value? And so I think it's understanding some of that and then making some of those business decisions around that. And so for us, we introduced a flexible work program. Um, you know, that has helped us because we know that there are some employees that they value being able to be at a remote location, while others like to be on site, right? We've changed some of our benefit plans. As an example, we offer paid parental leave um, as one of our benefits. You know, like I said, the flexible work program is one of our benefits that we offer. So I think right now at the Bernard Group, we're actually in the process of trying to educate and build awareness around some of those things that are valued by the different generations. But we also have to caution our leaders not to stereotype. Because I've heard comments where, you know, it's, oh, look at that's the millennial or that's a Gen Z. Oh, that's a baby boomer. They don't know technology, those types of things. So we have to be very cautious that we also don't stereotype and we value that person for the whole person that they really are and the value that they bring to the table. A little so, spin off so, on on that is, um, and I want to add to that is, is that what 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 would you say to the traditional business owners are that are maybe against that whole work from remote scenario? How do you get them to kind of get on the bus? Uh, that you know what, George, that's really tough because I don't I don't know that I can always convince them differently, mm. um, but I would argue that the last two years have taught us that we can. 
And, and to be honest with you, as I've had conversations with different leaders, I have made the statement where I've said the best thing that has come out of this pandemic is the recognition that we don't have to all be in the office every single day, that we can be flexible, that we can offer our employees flexibility. Hey, Jody, I'm curious, how, how important do you think it is to have HR have a seat at the table, meaning part of the strategy, part of the executive group? I'm sure that you've had some some changes in that regard over the last 24 months. So love to hear your thoughts. Well, I absolutely. So I think um, obviously HR, I've, I've been an HR professional for many, many years. And so, of course, I think that my value, my function is very important. Um, I happen to be at an organization that truly values my function. And that is evident in the way that they invest in us. They invest in my function. They invest in some of our technology and our programs. And they also allow me as well as others to have a seat at the table. Um, I think that through this pandemic, because of the leadership role that we've taken, I think that there's been this recognition that we are, right, that we are a valuable function. We impact every single piece of the employee life cycle from the time an employee walks in the door until the time that that employee decides to retire and no longer be part of that organization. We touch all of those pieces. And we also, business leaders need to understand that as they make decisions, they need to understand how those decisions impact the people that are part of the organization. And HR has a direct focus and a keen eye on that. Sure. You know, you mentioned the the uh, employee life cycle, and uh, there was a recent article that I happened to read in Human Resources Director Magazine. Just caught my attention. Tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on that life cycle. What you know, what is that? What's that really mean for somebody like me? I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure I really get that. Absolutely. You know what? It is really from the time. That, so you apply for a position at our organization, and it's. What is the message you heard when you applied for that position, right? How did we record, how did we demonstrate our brand to you mm-hmm. when you applied as a potential applicant into our organization? And then you start interviewing for us and what is your impression? What is the impression that has been left with you? Then you we hire you and you come into the organization, what is your onboarding experience look like? Did we, you know, did did your training include baptism by fire, you know, by feeding you through through the garden hose? I can't remember what the phrase is there. Yeah. Um, fire, fire, right. fire hose. Drink it through yeah, a fire, fire hose. hose. Yeah, go. drink it through the fire hose. <laughs> or did we have a purposeful, planful orientation process for you? Sure. Right. Did we do that? And then you continue on, right? As part of the life cycle, those touch points with you, right? It's that performance management. It's the discussions that you're having. It's your engagement in the organization. We actually have an engagement process at the Bernard Group. Every year we ask our employees to go through an all employee engagement survey. And we lead that, we facilitate that. Hmm. We work with our managers to put action plans in place. We train our managers on how should they have discussions with their employees and the importance of engaged employees in the organization. Mm-hmm. And then should you someday decide to retire from my company, how did we leave that parting moment with you so that you look back and say, wow, I just worked for an, an amazing organization. And I would argue that HR touched many points along the way from your employment from that day one to day 523. Can I drill down on one thing? because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of business owners talk about this very topic right now, because there's a war on talent, how important is it, in your opinion, 
the speed with which the organization responds to interview, hiring. Tell me just a little bit about your experience there, because I'm hearing a lot of people talking about that right now. Absolutely. So I'll just give you an example. I worked at an organization previously where we hired um, a, a skilled position that was highly sought after. We had a person walk in the door, interview for our position, and four hours later called us to let us know that he accepted another role. Four hours. Yep. So that's a perfect example. So you have to right now, you have to be all over it. You have got to be responsive. You have got to be out there looking for talent. And when talent enter your door, you need to give them attention. You need to make it a top priority in your business. And then you need to act quickly. And then I would argue that along the way, as far as this employee life cycle, you also need to focus on retaining talent as well. Mm-hmm. So well, we have, I, have Go ahead, George. Yeah, I have a question. You know, um, gone are the days, I think, is is that what's your five-year plan, right, for employees? Because of the fact that we're living in such a, a short uh, attention span society, how, you know, how are its HR changed to help the leaders in the business, you know, from the frontline supervisors all the way up to the CEOs, um, really get engaged. And what does that mean from HR's perspective, engagement? You know what? I think that, um, well, I th- I would argue we have to have all employees engaged, right? So that's part of our focus with our, with our employee engagement survey. And so I think that there's, do we understand our, do we understand where we want to go, right? Do we know what our strategies are? Do we know what those goals and actions are that impact that? And we need to ensure that employees have line of sight to that as well. And then it's about communication. Um, we communicate to our employees every single month. We're 100% employee owned. So we treat our employees as owners and we talk to them as owners. We share financial information. Um, we gather feedback through our survey. And like I said, we have action plans as well. And we take action. Um, we right now have heard a lot from our employees about career development and learning and development. So we actually are creating career pathing at my organization. And we just introduced our TBG Academy. And our academy is focused on our leaders. How do we make them better leaders? They're focused on our owners. How do, what do we do for our owners, right? And then we also have a well-being academy that's focused on mm. the entire employee. And then we've given our employees access to LinkedIn Learning, 9,000 courses. So what our goal here is, right, is mm. to work with our leaders so that they're having conversations with their employees and that employees feel like they're supported as their whole self versus just an employee in the company. And we're having conversations and communicating with our employees. Our goal is to have engaged employees. So yeah, I'll just make, one, I want to make a comment before you ask your question there, Lenny, sure. is that, and I can tell you this, uh, just recently I sat down with an employee, you know, we had heard the, you know, his resumes out on, on one of the, the sites right there. Right. And we wanted to retain him. And all we leaned in and we asked him the questions. He's like, I just want to learn more. I want to understand where I'm going to be in six months. I could potentially be in two years. And that's where I'm finding that leaders are really falling short is they're not being that coach, mentor and mm, development. That's right. to say, I've been there. Here's how I can help you get there. 
George, we require four, we require only four conversations, but we have what we call a Q1, Q2, three, and Mm. four engagement discussion. And we focus not just on their goals and objectives. We focus on what do they want? What feedback do they have? Engagement type questions to understand where that employee is at. And we require that out of our business leaders. And I hate to say that four times a year, which doesn't sound like a lot. We encourage obviously more conversations, but these are four formal conversations that take place every year with employees. Wow. Mike, one final question, Jody. I heard you talk about um, your company is currently employee owned. Yes. Can you just make a couple of comments on how that helps you and attract and retain employees. Just a couple thoughts. Absolutely. So we are 100% employee owned since 2013. When we asked our employees what they like most about our organization, we heard words like ownership, collaboration, teamwork, my coworkers. It has created this culture, this amazing culture of we are in this together. And Mm -hmm. so employees know that the harder they work, the better our organization is going to do. And the more they contribute and make good, solid business decisions, it is going to come back to them through their shares, right? And so we have this amazing culture. And so we try to to really display that externally as well to say, come be part of an organization where we are in this together and you truly will profit from the success of that business. It's amazing. Thank, thank you very much for sharing that. I think that might be a future show. We should do a show on ESOPs. But yeah. uh, Jody, I want to say thank you on behalf of George and me for stopping by. Uh, it was great to hear your thoughts on HR. And I'm really thrilled to hear that you feel like you have a seat at the table and you're making thank positive you. contributions. So very so, fortunate. It was thank, nice. Jody, thank thank you home. very much. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, George, awesome. Yeah. Always, always gets better each and every show, right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it's because of special guests, right? <laughs> uh, look, it's not because of you and me. Come on, let's face it. No, absolutely. As, as I like to say, I think about you and me. I think, you know, you're beauty and I'm the beast. Beauty and the beast. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that. But I do want to thank Jody. Um, as I told people, I've known Jody for over five years. So if you guys uh, need a little bit uh, more in-depth question and answers, you know, Jody would definitely be open and you can reach out on LinkedIn or through her email. What are we doing next? Ah, next show, May 7th. Uh, we're off We're off for a few weeks just because of uh, the timing of the months. We're going to be continuing on with uh, the sixth of our 12-part series based on your new book, George, that's due out. Uh, in gut, ignite, engage, retain, easy for me to say. Uh, and the subject is, does your culture align with your priorities? I'm sure that'll be another great show. And I'm guessing we're going to have somebody that we can bring on to the show who will be a whole heck of a lot, not more knowledgeable than you and me, George. So, Absolutely. And so, you know, the next uh, couple of shows beyond that, these are going to cover the rest of the the heart, the, the kind of the meat of the book chapters. And so if you can't make May 7th, you can turn around and if you're listening to the YouTube live, you can hit the subscribe button and follow up on the shows. But um, we're going to turn around and finish it all out on August 6th. And hopefully we'll already, already have a copy of my book in hand to talk to people on that. Well, so, you, um, you better get you better giddy up, George. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so until next time, all have a great weekend. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your coffee this morning. 
uh, with George and me. And remember to achieve forward and get better. <laughs>